This week's episode is sponsored by Visual Media Church. Visual Media Church is one of the fastest growing church media companies creating worship backgrounds, social media posts, stock video, stock photography, and templates for your media needs. Go to visualmediachurch.com to sign up today, and when you do, use promo code CREATIVECHURCH to get 20% off all their memberships. That's CRTV Church for 20% off. Go and sign up today. Creators, welcome to the Creative Church Podcast, where each week we talk about the latest in Christian creative culture and explore the lives of prominent creatives. My name is Nick Gunner, and joining me today is Ross Montgomery. Ross, welcome to the show. Aloha and hello. Are you okay? Are you rewatching The Office right now? It's about like, my fourth going... or fifth watch through. So I, I watched it for the first time like three years ago. Okay, yeah. for the first time, never seen an episode, and I've fallen madly in love with that show. Yeah. I caught it while it was still on TV and watched it all the way through the end. And then I've watched it several times since it's been on air. I remember growing up, I would see like commercials. I remember it was real popular around like the time Will Ferrell was joining joining the cast. Oh, okay. And I remember those commercials for some weird reason. I remember it. Um, uh, I was I was too young to watch The Office yeah. and its original yeah. you're run just, through. You're just and actually young understand what was going on. It's sad that it started right as I was finishing college. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, when did you finish college? Uh, 2005. 2005. So I was still in fifth grade. Yes, so, see, I yes you were. You know, I, I wouldn't even understood what was going on <laughs> in the American world. I, I think I actually learned about it, though, in season three, because I remember the first episode I ever saw like on TV was the one where Dwight tries to go behind Michael's back and get his job. Um, and, and then he starts, you know, begging and the whole laundry thing comes about. So, wow. yeah, that is you 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 got it on a good season though because i feel like season three is probably one of the best seasons hits a stride have. in season yes. three for sure with the merger and everything and right and the My- michael scott paper company yeah oh that i love i love was that, that season episode. three i'm yeah i can't remember if that was the end of season three or not i, I gotta look okay i, gotta I never look, yeah, i never I, remember right, what happens right. where because i just watch them all straight through so i don't even know which was the season finale and which <laughs> that might be it all season. blends together for me that might be season four where they had the Michael Scott. Yeah, I'm trying to remember because they're working through the merger of absorbing the um, uh, Connecticut branch. Right. Okay. And all that. Okay. So, so yeah. that's okay. that's where I'm at currently in my rewatch through. This week, you actually asked me if I, I subscribe to the uh, uh, the Jim and Pam theory. That oh, yeah. The dark theory Pam, of Jim yes. and Pam. And I'm on this rewatch through. I don't. I don't subscribe don't? to that. I was kind of like, oh, this is an interesting thing to pursue. But now I'm Her. like, I don't. For listeners that don't know, what is the dark theory between the dark Jim theory and Pam? is that while Jim was in Philadelphia, he um, was having an affair on Pam, but it was just never shown or it was cut by producers. Um, and they and they use several different things just about who Jim was, blah blah blah. But I think to counter those things of like him being impulsive and all this stuff, like he really is more of a loyal, committed guy than than these theories were making him out to be. And so I think that's why. And of course, it's just a fictional show and it doesn't matter in the long run. But um, yeah, <laughs> I think the one theory, because I got I got kind of you know a little bit whenever you sent me that, I was like, I got to look through these theories real quick to see which ones I actually believe. 
I, I, I couldn't really hold on to any of them except yeah. for I think except for two that really stood out. One that Toby is the Scranton Strangler. Strangler. That's that's about the and most viable theory I think yes, I can hold it, on it, to. It, it holds up. The second one I thought wasn't really a theory, more of I thought that's just how the show kind of portrayed him, is that Creed Bratton's name really isn't Creed Bratton. And because yeah. he says in one of the episodes that, you know, last person to cross Creed Bratton was Creed Bratton. Yeah. And and so he, like took he the stole the identity. Yeah. Right. So I, I, I thought that was kind of self-explanatory, mm-hmm. but obviously it's a theory. So now I have to subscribe to that theory. Yeah. So I always thought that was that pretty, really, pretty straightforward in the show. Yeah. It was the only two that really stood out. Yeah. Um, oh, real quick, though. <laughs> we're short Emily this week. I forgot. Yeah, if I forgot you notice, there we're is short, short Emily. Emily. Yeah. We aren't talking about Oreos. Yes. We're talking about the office. Yes. So, I mean, they both start with an O, though. Yes, yes, sorry. We're short Emily this week. Emily is out on assignment, and that assignment is cheering on her dad in the Boston Marathon that happened this morning whenever we were recording. Yeah. Um. So I don't know how Yeah, I saw well a lot from did. her Insta story that, that was going on of getting ready. I'm like, that just, it's cold there. It's raining. I'm like, I don't I don't envy that. <laughs> and it's intense. Like, yeah, it's well, intense and I think the woman that got first day. place did it in like two and a half, just over two and a half hours. So. That is, in, that is incredible. I know she sent us all a picture, or she posted on Instagram, sorry, tags all in it. Of uh, her finding this Oreo cupcake mm, and in yes. Boston, and I was like, "Wow, it did that's... look quite delicious." I, I think as a field trip one day, we're all going to get together, you know, pitch in some money, send Emily to the Oreo factory, mm. and I don't even have know her, where it's have at. her do like a like a documentary style podcast of her trip there. Yes, like a serial, like, like a, a serial like a podcast. serial or a reply yes. all or something like that. Mm. Um, but anyway, so Emily's not here this week. She'll be back next week though, and um, yeah, so. Uh, we do have one housekeeping note before we get started here um, in an effort to kind of bring synergy between this podcast and uh, the Crape Church website. Uh, we are renaming our trending section to Quips. Kind of felt that we were, weren't really covering like breaking news and trending news. Yeah. As much as we were just kind of finding content that was important to us and, yeah. you know, could help other people that and recycling that to the Crape Church community. Yeah, exactly. To help other people. And then we were we were commenting on that. So now it's going to be co- known as Quips. And so we're going to change that on the website. We're going to change that here. And uh, it'll still be serving, you know, whenever breaking news happens and things yeah. that are important to culture. We'll still have that in the Quips section, but it just won't be completely dedicated to the trending and breaking news that, you know, we've we've tried to pull in in the past. It's just kind of the Quips. It's the stuff we find that we find interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, um, we do have a great show planned for everybody today. Uh, a little later, we're joined by Jamie Wright. Uh, Jamie is known as the very worst missionary. And uh, she's here today to talk about her latest book of the same title. Um, Up next, though, is Whips. Welcome to Quips. Each week we dive into the headlines, articles, and conversations making their rounds on the internet that are important to us and that we feel is impacting church, culture, or creators. And we discuss... Ross, what do you got for us this week? Well, this is something, an article I came across that actually kind of hits kind of where I am right now. Um, Have you ever felt overwhelmed with like how you learn about leadership or find inspiration? Like almost that there's so much content, your brain has to kick into overdrive to consume it all. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's yes. probably why I listen to podcasts at two times speed, but um, <laughs> which, which is its own thing, which is the best way to listen to this podcast. Uh, if you've yes. never listened to this podcast, this podcast is edited for two times. speed. Although once you go knows. to two times speed, um, everybody sounds drunk or high when yes. you go back down to one time speed. <laughs> so um, it is very, very strange. Um, but yes, no, I ran across this uh, <clears throat> this article on a website I, I hadn't heard of before called Ladders. 
um, just kind of had a, some career advice and different things like that. And, and there was this productivity section that said how to reboot your creative brain and refresh your focus in 15 minutes or less. And now each of these things they mention aren't necessarily something you can do in 15 minutes or less, but their main point is kind of how your brain can recharge to help you recalibrate your energy for better focus, creativity, and resilience um, is one of the things they say in the article. Um, and so here's some of the points is like start and stick to a routine. Um, you know, because as creatives, and I know myself personally, I speak uh, from this as a, at a personal level, um, we need structure to be able to work effectively. Um, and actually, our, our staff is going through a book called Eat the Frog, uh, or Eat That Frog, I can't remember which um, article it uses there. Um, but uh, it's like, do the thing that, that is going to be hanging over your head the most first, uh, and then you can do everything else after that and really focus on what you're doing at each time. Don't get distracted. Don't be like, I'm editing this video. Oh, hey, squirrel, I need to go, you know, respond to this email or, you know, like this and get on all your rabbit trails. But stick to a routine like and if that requires you find your most productive hours, like maybe you're more of a morning person and that's when you need to do it. Or maybe you're more of an afternoon or evening person, you know, get the stuff um, in a slot that works best for you, but really just, you know, really get a set schedule of how that that rhythm works for you yeah because uh, a lot of people i know i read an article this week um talking about i've been getting really into kind of finding your um it's called like cicada hours oh which is uh -huh, circadian body rhythm? circadian yeah circadian rhythm there sorry cicada cicada is a bug in the south yeah, yeah. i'm sorry <laughs> no i totally know the cicadas i know <laughs> what you're talking about yeah yeah <laughs> sorry sorry cicada rhythm um and it's this uh idea that you know we all have this natural body clock that we work with yeah. so i've been getting mm -hmm. really into this stuff and really reading a lot about it um, and one of the articles I read this week that one of my friends had tagged me in was, a uh, you, uh, people who work or who are considered quote unquote night owls, um, they are less, are more likely to die 10 years sooner than those who are morning people. And mm -hmm. the reason behind it, the reason behind the study is the night owls are forced to be on an eight to five schedule, which causes a uh, weight gain, um, heart disease and, uh, uh, things because they're going against their, their natural body clock that uh that their body is you know their metabolism is gearing up at certain times versus slowing down at other times and so it's just real interesting to look at this stick to your routine and, and find a routine that really works for you and i know a lot of churches a lot of people don't offer you know flex hours is what was what they're called is oh, flex uh -huh. hours whenever yep. you can go in and work whenever you want to yeah. but for those that can take advantage of a certain quote-unquote flex hour uh i would i would definitely look into that because it really does help i mean i I've been doing it myself just for the past two weeks, and it has helped the productivity of uh, Creative Church and what all I do um, immensely. So yeah. really find that routine that works for you and stick to it. It's really big, big, big yeah. idea. Yeah, and I've found a lot of good things like, you know, kind of that focus on one project at a time, get it done, or get it to the place you need it to be that day, and then you can move on. I felt so much more like a breath of fresh air or a little more freedom in the afternoons to kind of be like, oh, now I have time to kind of do, you know, some maybe inspiration gathering. I'm, I'm trying to start listening to some more church related and leadership podcasts at work and take notes, like be intentional about taking some notes and that kind of thing. So I have more time for that uh, after I kind of get those main things that are in my way. And I've used some really interesting um, tools I found. I found a notepad that kind of has a plan your day. So at the end of the day, I'll plan my next day, say, here are the things I need to get done the next day. Here's what my focus is. 
Um, and then you can rank yourself out at the end of, was this day excellent, just productive, or tomorrow will be better. So yeah. um, it's kind of a cool way to look at it and really kind of keep yourself on task and be like, okay, I got to get this done. And I'm not going to stop until I can check that off. And, you know, it's been really, really helpful for me. Um, one of the other things they mentioned is give yourself something to pursue. And they kind of talk about investing time in a creative hobby to supercharge your brain um, because you're not sitting around idly waiting for something to happen or come along. So using those maybe down moments or down days, down weeks that you have to really dive into something that is just a personal passion of yours and, and making that something that um, gets your brain flexed. Um, another one is be prolific. Um, talking about... Uh, you know, by throwing yourself and here's what they say, because I thought it sums it up better than I could by throwing yourself into every idea, you can work through and find solutions that you wouldn't necessarily have thought of had you spent days agonizing over a concept. So getting past like um, worrying so much about just getting an idea started um, and that having paralyzed you, but like kind of working through it quickly to to look at it and then refine it later. Um you know, it's just kind of like, don't strive for perfection at every step. So, um, yeah, but, uh, embrace disciplined consumption again, you know, so you're not overwhelmed, kind of make sure you're reading or getting inspiration or listening to, to different things or watching, um, that you're not just sitting there free for all three hours later, I'm stuck on YouTube, like that you actually are, are, yeah. you know, focused about it and you mm. can engage that idea, make some notes and then move on to something else. So, and that was something I think that Luke had said, uh, Luke McElroy, whenever he yeah. was on the podcast, is that he had said that, you know, whenever you're creating content, you can't be consuming other people's content because it's 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 hard and it's a distraction. Um, like Ross said, you have to be disciplined and not, you know, watch three hours of Netflix on accident. Yeah. Because it's really easy to do, whenever, especially when you're watching The Office. Yeah. Uh, you know, you just hit that next episode and next thing you know it, you're in season five and Will Ferrell's, you know, taking over and things are getting sad. So. And you never skip the intro. You never, never skip the intro. Right, right. Um, another one was, uh, and this is one I learned a while back, but um, take purposeful walks or naps. I would do more of the walks thing, but naps <laughs> naps would be good. Yeah. Um, yeah, just kind of getting getting out, like leaving your phone at your desk, um, getting your distractions out, taking a walk, get a breath of fresh air, or just go run an errand or do something right. that'll kind of let you let your mind wander without having to worry about whatever is next, um, giving yourself that. And even if you schedule, yeah, maybe, maybe it is an alarm on your phone. It's like, ding, go take a walk, but leave your phone at your desk and then go, yeah. um, give yourself that little breath of fresh air to clear your mind or maybe think about, um, you know, just whatever comes to mind. So, um, and they also talk about challenging your brain. Of course, physical and mental activities can boost, um, what they call it, you know, the, the neurogenesis, the birth of new neurons in the brain. So, um, just, yeah, just doing some different things that are mental and physical, like, um, get out, uh, get past the Sudoku puzzle, but, uh, really do something complex and new. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Challenging. I, I like those ideas. I like the idea that, uh, that can help with, you know, helping us learn more and learn, learn better. Yeah. Um, I think so. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I wasn't, I was on the latter side this week. And uh, whenever you sent me my article, or whenever you sent me your article, I immediately found my article on the same site <laughs> um, because it's a it's a really cool site. Uh, so my article also comes from the ladders, um, or my quip, my quip, not even my article. Anymore. Oh, there you go. Quip. Yeah. See, there so you go. Um, quip. let's quip about it. I'm at quip. Yeah. So let me ask you this question, Ross. Yes. Um, do you ever feel down, sad? I I, lonely, I have depressed? times yeah. that I have that. Yeah. Is it is it kind of like a, almost it kind of 
permeates throughout your day or maybe oh yeah it can definitely and you you can ask my wife it definitely can affect my mood um so i need to like be mindful about that for sure because it you know granted it's not how i feel towards my wife or kids but it sometimes Mm -hmm. comes across that way to them so yeah i I saw that um according to studies uh there's a definitive link between being creative and experiencing these moments of sadness and depression Hmm. um and that we're more vulnerable to depression because of the way our brain works and that we are more emotionally driven as people because we're creative and we you know we don't always see the logic in things we see the beauty in things so um and as you as you already know and probably as many people who are listening to this podcast already know you can sometimes find yourself in a weird funk that you can't seem to get out of um well today from the site ladders uh, i wanted to bring you a few different ideas for getting yourself outside of that creative funk and you know being a little bit more productive and happy and uh enjoying your creative self so here are the points that they gave uh number one hinging off of your one of your last points from your article uh take a nap well i think there's uh, a common theme there common theme is I like you know, that must yeah. yeah everybody just you know push for taking a nap while well, during your work day i think right now ross and i we should all go take a nap just and just take come a back. nap yeah. and then and we'll finish this nap, podcast we'll be yeah we'll finish podcast later we'll take a nap um the second thing they said to do was eat chocolate mm. which if if um <clears throat> if emily was here she would say eat an oreo yeah um oreo i uh, hope she's enjoying her boston marathon run um <laughs> or her dad's boston marathon yes. run uh number two number three speaking of runs yes. go for a run Ooh, to work off um, the chocolate you just ate work off the after chocolate you took you a nap ate. so you yes. took a nap you wrote you're well rested <laughs> you've eaten some chocolate so you got the sugar rush now you go for a run <laughs> it's it, that right there yeah so you have you've you've even balanced your diet everything you know yeah uh, what is it a negative uh caloric impact oh yeah, on yeah, your yeah. Body. You've, you've balanced um, that out <laughs> yeah um if you can't go for a run and you're like me go for an upbeat walk uh you know i can't i can't really run very fast so just an upbeat walk is what i do um number four uh was turn on music which, while you're on your run listen to some music yes, yeah, while okay, yes I see. So, yeah so um and then number number five and i guess i don't know um maybe while you're on your run you've eaten your chocolate you've taken your nap you're on your run you can be hug- running to hug a loved one yeah there you go that was their fifth, their the, fifth at, idea at the finish line at the end of your run you're like yeah, they I, had... I did it and then you hug you hug a loved one they had others on there like uh pet a pet a puppy but i was like not everyone can mm. have access to a puppy that's true um, you know ross i mean you, you could go you could go you could go volunteer at like a rescue shelter and right. pet puppies true that's true a thing but uh you know those were the five i felt were really really the best way to kind of get out of that creative funk um and yeah, like Ross said, you just do all all five, and boom, you got it. You got it worked out. You got it fixed. Everything. So, um, you can go see the rest of those on our website. Just visit our podcast episode page on our website um, and check out those article links. Um, there you have it. Up next is our interview with Jamie Wright. Jamie Wright blogs at Jamie, the very worst missionary, and travels widely to speak in support of groups working against human trafficking. She lives with her husband and their teenage sons and their celebrity cat, Knives, in Northern California. Here is part of our conversation with Jamie Wright. you know, especially church leadership, perhaps, can can do well to embrace and welcome um, cynics and critics and, and spaces of faith, knowing that they're not just trying to destroy it all, but truly like they, they're like, we want to see this be mm-hmm. a good thing. Um, I think it, the 
the, it starts with just allowing, allowing differing opinions into the conversation, allowing yourself to be challenged in really uncomfortable ways, I think is, um, something that I would love to see more church leaders engaging in. Like, it's so easy to, when you're in that fishbowl and you're the head pastor or you're the executive pastor, like it is so easy. You get, you are surrounded by people who worship you. Like it's not necessarily the healthiest space to live in for your ego or for your, you know, like pastors do not get a lot of genuine pushback. They just don't. People are, the people who don't agree with them either leave the church usually. Um, and, and the people, or, or they're just kind of like, like pushed aside, like, oh, they're, oh, Jamie, she's a cynic. Oh, she's a complainer <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Dismiss it. <laughs> but there's a lot yeah. of valid validity to like this kind of cynical view. And, um, not that I think that like the cynic should be so proud of it. Right. Like I definitely have to watch myself. <laughs> like I have to be yeah. careful not to just really like, uh, you know, drown in cynicism because it's easy. And especially. Oh, yeah if you're a cynic who is surrounded by other cynics, like it just gets really toxic. But um, there is, I think, space in the middle for the like, woo woo, everything is beautiful Christians and the OMG, we can do this better cynics to, um, to, to come together. And I think when that happens, that's when we really find a, a ch- we'll really find a church that I think reflects more of who Jesus um, was teaching us to be. Why would you, why do you think this is important an important book to put out there because I don't think you just put it out there just to put it out there. You're obviously not doing it for recognition for yourself. Um, so, you know, what, what was that process of I'm going to write a book and then now this is what I want mm-hmm. it to be. Um, you know, I, I don't actually consider myself a writer. <laughs> like it's okay. didn't, I, I didn't start writing until I was in my thirties and got, you know, ended up overseas. And, as you know, I had this title, I'm a missionary and, um, I was really like falling apart. I was super depressed. I didn't want to leave my house. I didn't want to get dressed in the mm-hmm. morning and, and really just fell into writing as like, a, this is a thing I can do from home. I can be the, the quote unquote communications director for my family and, um, for my husband and kids and just kind of tell the story of what we're doing here and raise support, you know, and, um, keep our friends and family updated. And so just started writing out of like, wanting to feel like I had some purpose in the mission field when I was falling apart and everything around me seemed like s- such like BS. I was just like, Ugh, there's this is all so lame and I don't know what to do. Um, and so I started writing and it wasn't that, that was when I sort of like discovered like, Oh, this is kind of a thing that I can do. I, and people appreciated it and shared it. And so, so the, the blog that I started as um, just kind of a friends and family, like, this is I started a blog because it was like true true confessions here it was just way easier than sending out a million emails because this was before like we didn't have like this big batch like MailChimp or whatever email systems and so Mm -hmm. you I'd have to send them out in these like little batches and get them like all the ones that would get returned and I was just like oh god I'm so lazy I cannot deal with this um and so I was like oh I can blog and then people can just they can read it if they want to so that it was just I was lazy and depressed. That's basically why I started writing. <laughs> and um, and it just snowballed. And, and people, I think it struck a nerve um, with a lot of people all over the world because so many people have seen these issues in the church or in themselves or in the missions machine. And um, 
and it just it resonated i think for a lot of people because honestly there weren't mm. a lot of voices um when i started writing about the kind of the brokenness that i saw in in missions there weren't a lot of voices out there there weren't a lot of people saying hey guys like waving their hands and like smoke signaling <laughs> like yeah this uh, might not be the best sos thing yeah this is of. not okay um and so it just sort of grew it grew and grew and i mean i I am as surprised as anyone, really. Um, and and that's just, I think, sort of the way the publishing world works right now is if you have an audience, then you get to write a book. I mean, it's, hmm. it's kind of lame. I think there are so many brilliant writers and thinkers out there that will probably never have a book published because they just aren't engaged in the whole social media garbage dump, you know. But I played that game <laughs> and... Um, and it ended up just kind of translating into a career in writing, which is I'm super grateful for. But I every day I'm like, I cannot believe this is my life. I can't believe this. Um, I mean, do you kind of see yourself as a role model mm -hmm. or, or even a voice for some people that don't have voices? No, I don't. I definitely don't. I don't want to be a role, role model. <laughs> I think I know. <laughs> Maybe not yeah. intentionally, but. <laughs> yeah, I, I think. Um, I don't know. I, I think I just have a way with words. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's just a, a, a sort yeah. of a thing that, that that maybe it's a gift God gave me. I don't know what you want to call it, but <laughs> I have a way with words. And and I think sometimes the way that I write things, because I am just really casual, <laughs> right, and conversational, and it makes people oh, yeah. feel like, oh, that is, that's, I've been thinking that and didn't know how to say it. So I don't, I'm not some, like, thought leader. <laughs> like, I don't think I'm in, I'm not inventing anything. I'm not creating anything, like... I'm just able to put things to words that the collective, mm -hmm. this collective group is, um, has been thinking for a long time, um, or has been kind of pondering and, and I feel privileged that I get to do that. And that the things that I write sometimes resonate with people. I love that. It's, it's, it's a huge honor to me, but, um, I really don't think like oh, I'm a leader <laughs> or I'm, you know, leading the charge <laughs> in like anti missions or burn it all down. Like I just, I, I'm just in it for the conversation and to see what we can do, you know, to, to really love, love our neighbors and love God and emulate the ways of Jesus well. And, you know, yeah. if people follow my lead or if they are, you know, if we're on the same team in that, then, then cool. And if they, if we're not, I'm totally okay with that too. You know, you've mentioned, and we've talked about a little bit of, you know, how maybe church leadership and churches in general can, can maybe take down some of those walls to accept some of the cynicism, some of the complaints or just critiques. Mm -hmm. um, how can people who maybe feel like they have um, a lot of messiness and a lot of these doubts and questions in their own lives be better with embracing vulnerability and, and not letting fear take control mm -hmm. of that? Um, I, I don't know, honestly. And I sort of tried, I talked about this in the book and that, um, I struggled with so much insecurity and so much um, mm -hmm. just personal self-doubt and um, kind of self-loathing as a young, as an adolescent that I um, learned to just sort of pretend to be tough. You know, I just put on this tough facade, put on my little like mm -hmm. leather biker jacket, my still-toed boots, and yep. <laughs> went out into the world like I owned the place. And um, that that served me as a teenager and like as a, as a kind of a shell. Um, that hit a lot of insecurity and a lot of fear. Um, but that definitely has translated as an adult for me into, um, I, 
I am just a, a conf- I just have confidence as a human being. Um, and a lot of that just mm-hmm. comes from knowing who I am in Christ and who I belong to. Like I belong to God. So like, yeah. what is the, what are you going to say to me? That's going to hurt me. Like literally nothing. <laughs> There's, hmm. I mean, yeah. I mean, people who love me, who know me really well, who, you know, I certainly have challenging conversations with people who are trying to help me develop into a, a better person. But in these, in like the online world and in relationships with even, even church leaders, pastors that I've loved and trusted, I've never been afraid to say, here's what I think. Because honestly, the worst thing they can do is say, here's why you're wrong. <laughs> it, it's just yeah. not that big of a deal. And so I think, you know, when you really, when people are like afraid to speak up, um, and, and truly, I will say this, I, it does, it, it can cost, it can cost you, right? It could cost you relationships. Mm. If you're yeah. really like steeped in a very conservative church or in a, in a church that is so rah, rah, dumb mission stuff, and you want to speak up, I mean, it, it can be really hard. And, and the truth is that sometimes when you say, things that go against church norms, they do call you, they call you dangerous and they call you, you know, an apostate and they tell you that you're, or they question your faith, um, <clears throat> which is, you know, that's, that's on them. But um, I, I, for me, I just don't care. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, I'm cool with yeah. it. And, and, and I don't think that's for everyone. I think there's a gentleness in certain people that I admire and I don't have. It's just not in me. Um, mm. And so I would never, I would hope that someone who has that wouldn't try to like squash it or get rid of it because they think they're supposed to be this like brave a-hole that just says what they want, you know? Um, oh, yeah. No, that, I mean, that's an important thing. We're body yeah, of Christ. Yeah. Like we each you know? need to be able to lean into our space and my space just happens to be kind of <laughs> bold and bitchy. I don't know. <laughs> so. And I think one of the most kind of... I don't know if I'd call it like heartwarming, but heartfelt uh, parts of the book. You talk about just the relationships um, in Costa Rica as you were there, um, just being an incredible part of what you were learning and what God was doing. And like you said, where God was meeting you, um, Mm -hmm. you know, and and so what does kind of pursuing true belonging and being known mean? Mm. Well, I mean, I think it takes a place of, vulnerability of, of saying like, if okay. you really want to truly belong somewhere, if you want to, you know, be a part of something, you have to show up with your whole self um, and not, not pretend to fit in, not pretend to be whatever. I mean, otherwise you'll always feel like you're on the, on the fringes because you're just faking it. Um, yeah. And I think, and I think like in the missions world, when you have that title and you're walking into a community and you're like, Oh, I'm a missionary. You are, that's your number one wedge between yourself and the people you are trying to connect with. Cause you've just, you've just announced that you have an agenda. <laughs> like my job yeah. is my agenda in your life. Um, and that's really gross and ugly. So ditch that. Um, <laughs> and I think, um, I-, I don't know. I think just, belonging starts with being yourself right and finding the people that love and appreciate you for that and and help you grow and become a better person what what kind of makes you stick with a a community of believers um to this day um i am not stuck to a community of believers to be honest i have a community of friends 
that are who are believers um and i am not attached to like i i'm attached to the body of christ i'm attached to god like i i love god and i love jesus and i'm a follower of jesus but um i'm i'm not um terribly like into the the whole evangelical church i'm i'm done with evangelical church i just can't do that anymore um yeah. And so for me, you know, I, there's a, there's a little church in town that I actually really, really like, um, but it's really tiny and it's full of little old ladies and it's not, <laughs> I mean, nobody would be like, that's the church Jamie goes to, <laughs> um, because it is so, um, I don't know. I don't, it's just, it's a messy little place and I, I kind of love it for that. Um, but as far as like, I have really come to grips with the idea that I am, that my calling is to be part of the body of Christ. My calling is to be part of, uh, is to, is to follow God and follow or love God and follow Jesus. And as far as being connected to quote unquote, the church, um, I'm just done. I'm not, that's churchianity and I'm done with it. (laughs) Um, yeah. And so the whole Sunday morning, um, you've got to get together in that big box building on the corner, um, and, and sing these songs with a band and, you know, and listen to the 42 minute message. I just, I'm done with it. I don't, I don't find a lot of um, Christ likeness there. I don't find a lot of value in it. And so maintaining my, my friendships with um, people who continue to pursue God and, and follow Jesus with me. That's my, my, that's my church. Like my church is my friends. (laughs) Is there like anything else that you think you would want people to walk away with from this book after they read it um the whole i think the whole thing was i didn't want to write a book that was like prescriptive right i didn't want to end the book yeah. with like here's the three yes, easy steps like, to do better here's how you move here's how you here's what you do next because i don't know i'm still figuring out what comes next and <laughs> i just don't know what i'm doing <laughs> um and so <laughs> i i think that what i hope people get from it is um the idea that that you can question, you can question the church without losing your faith, right? You can ask mm-hmm. really hard questions of all of the things that you were raised with, or all of these ideas and concepts that seem so um, central to the church that you might have questions about or disagree with. You can you can have major disagreements with the church and still be a solid ass Christian, like still be like in it with Jesus. And so I, yeah. I think so often it creates a dichotomy for people where they think they have to choose like um jesus and church or i'm gonna walk away because it's i feel it's toxic and and i think we can choose jesus and walk away from like the whole grossness of of certain church things you know yeah if you see Um, poison yeah avoid it and so that and then i think um i think there are a lot of people in my camp like a lot of people who have are in this middle space who say, gosh, I see all this brokenness. I still want to follow Jesus, but I don't want to do the next broken thing. I don't want to participate in the next stupid church. Hmm. I don't want to do the next dumb mission. I don't want to become the next embarrassing Christian meme on the internet. And so there's this sense of paralysis of just, I am paralyzed. I don't know what to do. I'm sitting in the rubble of this faith that has crumbled all around me. Um, and what do I do? And so I, I want, I hope that people feel like they can start sorting through that and, and 
then selecting, like choosing through the rubble of their own mess, like what stays and what goes and then um, stand up, right? Like Jesus heals yeah. the paralyzed. So stand up and um, try again, right? Like God, yeah. God redeems our garbage. So even our, you know, our well-intentioned but stupid things that we've done, even as embarrassing as it is, all the embarrassing things that I've done and said as a Christian and <laughs> all the things that I'm like, oh, I can't believe that I did that. I can't believe that's who I was. I can't believe I was that like Christian soccer mom with the bob and the gold cross and the like all the words about fellowship <laughs> and quiet time and all that. Like I was in it. Um, and to me, I'm just like, oh my God, that's kind of embarrassing. But, um, but like that was still such a, a crucial part of my story and God, God redeems, he redeems it. Like he redeems our garbage. I showed up in missions and did a lot of dumb stuff and God still used it. And yeah. so not to use that as the way forward. I'm not going to use that as a way forward. Like I'll have to do, I just, I just show up and God fixes it. I, yeah, yeah. I have the responsibility to be introspective and to, you know, explore whether or not what I, what I'm doing or what I've done is good or bad and move forward in ways that reflect what I've learned um, but I'm, I just don't want to like you have the, my mistakes. I won't carry them as an anchor. And so, oh, yeah. you know, to give people permission to just, you know what, try again, try again. You screwed up. You did something dumb. Like you did this really earnest thing when you were 16, you went to Mexico and tried to, uh, you know, adopt an orphan or whatever. How embarrassing, LOL. <laughs> yeah. But like, you, now, you know, that's a dumb thing to do. So Try, try something else. <laughs> to find out more about Jamie and to read our cover time interview with her, visit the podcast episode page on our website at creativechurch.com. That's crtvchurch.com. Welcome to Reply All. Each week we pose a question and give you the chance to answer online in our Creative Talks group on Facebook. Last week we asked, what are some challenges facing culture that you think, as the church, we might do a better job of addressing? So Nick promptly opened the can of worms and then ran away. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. I, I opened the can of worms and uh, went to sleep. That's what I did. I opened oh, the can of worms. Took, I went took, took a nap. Took my go. nap. Um, uh, this conversation it was a really big generator for a lot of people in our, our groups, our, in our group, and um, it brought out a lot of great points. Um, you can read the the entirety of all the threads which I encourage you to do by going over to Creative Talks. But uh, here are a few of our favorites in no particular order or reading. Uh, Jonathan said, how do we leverage a culture that's growing more post-Christian um, as far as maybe people leaving church or not seeing church as far as a communal attending thing? I'm guessing, you know, that's, that's some mm -hmm. of the stuff we see in the news. But anyways, how do we leverage a culture that's growing more post-Christian in a way that points people back to Jesus? I mean, I think it's a really, that's a really great do you, question. Do you see the, do you see our culture moving into post-Christian? Um, I mean, it's funny because no, <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, no, I mean, there's a, there's a lot that says, you know, a lot of people aren't really going to church anymore, but I mean, our, our church is growing. I see churches that are growing. Um, I see a lot of different things being done. Um, I think, and maybe it's just the circles I'm in, but we are having this conversation, you mm -hmm. know, we're saying like, how do we put Jesus at the center of this stuff and, um, you know, point, point to him and all these things. So it's, you know, it's just kind of, I guess if that's in the DNA of your church, then you're always going to have those conversations. It's not going to feel like a lot of people are leaving necessarily, but, um, you know, there's, there are data points that point differently, but I think the main thing is just be, be real about it. Like, don't yeah. try to be, 
this perfect church, this high church kind of thing. I mean, I think there is a lot of, you see a lot of kind of the pharisaical um, behaviors from some churches um, in the country and and definitely avoid those um, and, you know, be more open and, you know, I mean, just see, see uh, people that need Jesus. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I, I kind of agree. I don't really see us moving towards uh, post-Christian. Um, I kind of feel like at a time we might have been, but we've really kind of begun to swung, swing that pendulum back. Um, and I see a lot of people who might not be going to a standard church where they're showing up at 10 a.m. on Sunday morning, but they are experiencing or having these experiences with Christ um, in smaller community and smaller community groups. Yeah. And, uh, you know, in different church settings like small groups or. Well, even you know, as we even, heard from Jamie, she mentioned just her, her little group is, right. is her crew. That's her church crew, you know. Right. And I think that I think for some pastors, that might be a weird thing that's happening. But uh, it, it, it's just it's just the, the change of culture. I, I don't think it's moving towards a more, you know, I, I think we're seeing a decline of the traditional church. Yeah. But I, oh, I definitely seeing, think there's a change happening and yeah. we're approaching things differently. But I don't think that means it's necessarily yeah. post-Christian. Right. I wouldn't call it post-Christian. No. I just call it an evolution. But and maybe and maybe I'm on. just, you know, too much in the ministry world to see it. Right. But. You know, right. perhaps knows? we're just completely blind and oblivious. <laughs> oh, to I, what's could be, going I could be totally ignorant. I, I understand to it. <laughs> that. Yeah. So I, I, I understand that as well. But I try to I try to stay, you know, looking out as much as I can. And as much as I look out, I really don't see that happening. But I do get the point. We still need to be pointing back to Jesus, no matter yeah. what happens, no matter if it's post-Christian, oh, yeah. no matter what, we still need to be leveraging things that point back to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, Brandon said, uh, I think we do a better job at talking about suicide and mental illness. Mm-hmm. And this was kind of a little bit that I touched on last week, but I, I wholeheartedly agree. Yes. Um, mental illness is a, is a is an issue that's plaguing our society right now, whether it's depression, um, you know, suicidal thoughts, uh, whether it's uh, dealing with uh, drug abuse or drug, yeah. Yeah, drug abuse or misuse um, or any kind of addiction. The church has kind of always had a very weird relationship with mm-hmm. that, um, yeah. especially the, the churches I come from, which are more fundamental evangelical yeah. churches. Uh, they'll they'll try to cast the devil out of you. And, well, yeah, uh, it's, it's the yeah. Pray, pray the mental illness away, which right, isn't right. always helpful <laughs> right which you we, know we, you know if someone we, we always kind of use this analogy which is if someone was uh dealing with cancer um you wouldn't you, know, you just sit there on sunday morning and try to pray it away every yeah, week. if you had enough faith you your cancer s- would go right, away yeah, that right. would not be what someone with cancer would want to hear right you would go to the doctor get chemo and get treatment for the cancer and try to get it into remission um we have to do the same thing with people who are dealing with mental illness and uh, i i always i I always wonder why there's even that disconnect with people, but I think it's because it's such a hidden disease yeah. to so many mm-hmm. that we don't really see it. We can't really, you know, formulate it. It's just, it's people's it's emotions. It's going to take people, a lot of time to understand. It. Like you have to sit there and listen as well. Right. So I, I agree. We got to, we have to talk about suicide and mental illness and we have to figure out a way to navigate those conversations that are mm-hmm. helpful to people and not just, you know, if you had enough faith, it would be gone. So yeah, Brendan, good, good point. Roland said the importance of Sabbath rest, specifically for pastors, church leaders, and ministers in Western culture, this is one commandment we seldom follow. Have you seen that? I, I have, especially as this hustle thing is going on. Mm-hmm. Um, people being driven to hustle a lot more. Yep. Um, I'm all for the hustle. You know, I'm a hustler oh, yeah. myself. Um, hustle within your time frame that right. you have for hustling. <laughs> right, right. But, you know, I, when we first started our business, I'll just use myself as an example since, you know, I, I don't have anyone else to base it off of. When we first started our business, I was working seven days a week, probably 80 hours a week. Okay. That was normal week. And I would just do it constantly. Okay. And it got to the point after about three months of me doing this, I was worn out and things weren't good and they weren't getting better at all. They kind of just plateaued. And a uh, preacher had, or a pastor friend of ours had said, you know, you need to, 
implement a rest. You have to you have to take a break, you know. And that was a weird thought for me because you know, it kind of feels like, oh, I'm being lazy. Um, but I did it, and I I I took I think it was Saturdays off originally. Now it's now it's more Sundays, but Saturdays were my day originally. And uh, you get a lot more work done. And I know that sounds weird, like you're like, wait, what? Yeah, you get a lot more work done whenever you take a minute to breathe, take a minute to rest, and take a minute to just reflect on what God has done for you and what you have to do later on this week and just have a moment to shut down everything. Yeah. It really recharges those batteries. So take a second. Oh, like the, like the article earlier said, take that, take those moments to, to reset your mind and not be focused on, right. I'm, you know, I, the I grind. Heard, I heard someone say this actually this week. Um, they said, uh, when God created the heavens and the earth, he took, he took a day off to rest. You know, if God took a day off to rest, we probably need to go ahead and take two because <laughs> <laughs> we, you know, we, we, we're not God. Um, so definitely yeah. take that moment, take that moment to rest and uh, recharge yourself. Um, Robert said, we did a, you asked for it live Q and a series. And a question that came out a lot was how do you navigate showing love and grace to someone who practices LGBT with the hope of showing them the love of Christ? And, uh, that's another big issue. I think it was mentioned a couple of times. How do we talk about homosexuality in the church? I don't think showing the love of Christ is is dependent on someone being LGBT or not. Like if you see the humanity, if you see them as an image bearer of God, no matter what, which we all are, um, I mean, we're just imperfect image bearers of a perfect God, then start with that. Like you don't need to go beyond that. I think, I think we get a little too comfortable kind of playing judge, jury, executioner, and that might be a hot take that may seem harsh, but I think we need to take a, take a step back from that and say, I, I'm just going to love you. Like if you have an atheist friend, just love them. Um, you know, that kind of thing. Like why, why do we have to get all caught up on this whole lifestyle thing? I think if we start with love and we just want them to meet Jesus, uh, you know, is God big enough to, to meet them in a relationship? Yes. Yes, he is. Um, is that all on me? No, no, it is not. You know, so I, you know, I don't, that's may sound simplistic, um, but I think that's where we need to start. Well, in, in thinking about this, you know, John three seventeen. uh, you know, we all know John three sixteen. 16, yeah. uh, so I won't repeat that one for you, but John three seventeen says for Christ did not come to condemn the world, but to save it. Um, and pastor, a friend of mine always said, you know, if it wasn't Christ's job to condemn the world, neither is it ours. Mm, that's a great way to think about it. Yeah. And I think that we get, and I think it was even said in our, our thread there this morning, I think that we get in this format of, we have to, uh, isolate people or, you know, we, we become so radically held to our beliefs and our rules and our systems that we begin to isolate people and shut them out and, and, and shut them, cut them off. Um, and that's not what the love of Christ was. It was not cutting people out at all and i think sometimes we're scared to love people unconditionally mm. but we need to yeah and you know it's not it's not our job to condemn the world it's not our job to judge the world uh and thank god for that uh it's only our job is only to love love people and show them christ and then christ can take it from there yeah and he I mean, doesn't I heard go ahead oh no i was gonna say i heard um Father Gregory Boyle, who started mm -hmm. Homeboy Ministries in L.A., say yeah. in an interview once um, that if if your theology means that you're purposefully excluding someone, then that flies directly in the the face. Then that flies directly in the face of the gospel message of mm -hmm. Jesus. Yeah, it does. All of those though were amazing. Oh yeah, amazing really great discussion. Very respectful. No one, no one yes. trying to throw anybody I, under the bus. Like I do. No one bad mouthing. I mean, yeah, there's some maybe. 
I hot do wanna, takes, but yeah. I do want to highlight that. You know, a lot of people are kind of scared to join church groups nowadays. Oh, uh, yeah. Because it can be vitriol. The, yes, it can be <laughs> a sewage plant. Yes. <laughs> of, you know, slander and just hatred. But I do want to congratulate our group for being able oh, to handle fantastic. this conversation so beautifully. Yeah. And ask questions and respond with things that were in grace Even and with love. differing opinions, oh, which I saw. And people were like, oh, yeah, this is. And they just take time to explain it. They take time to ask the right. questions. That's why I love our community. So Yes, that, that, was, that was beautiful for me to see. You know, that's kind of why I stayed out of the conversation because I just wanted to see where they were going with. Yeah, we're going with it, and they took Same it here. beautifully. So I, I encourage everyone to jump in on the conversation. Now, if you're going to jump in on the conversation and start correcting everybody, you, this is not <laughs> the group for you. So don't don't join. I the mean, group. we joked about you know banning you if you didn't like yeah. Oreos, but for real, yeah. don't get all hateful. Don't get don't, all hateful. Don't drink that haterade. We'll Come still on. love you. Don't get us yeah. wrong. We're not going to isolate you. We'll still love you, but. Jesus loves just... you, but you can't be in our group. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speaking of people who isolate other people, here we are. No, um, yeah. <laughs> just totally kidding. <laughs> <laughs> We're just joking. Uh, this was some amazing conversation. Uh, if you'd like to join in, please do so by going over to our Facebook group, uh, Creative Talks. This week we wanted to ask, what keeps you motivated at work? You know, we kind of had a deep question. We're going to go back yeah. to kind of well, something a little more. You're the one that works for yourself. So what what keeps you motivated at um, your apartment? <laughs> money. No, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> survival, oh, food. We, oh, those we things. We need to provide for our families. Provide for our families. Um, no, I, I, you know, this is going to sound very cliche, uh, especially coming from a Christian, um, but I feel called and I feel like I have a purpose. And I feel like mm. I've, you know, spent a lot of time growing up learning that purpose. And if anything keeps me going, it's knowing that I have a purpose to fulfill. It's something that I have to do. It's a, it's a potential that I have to have to accomplish before I, before I go on this earth. You know, um, the Bible says, teach me the number of my days so that I may be able to, uh, be wise. And that's one of the things I've always looked at is, you know, I want to complete it before I'm gone. So that's kind of what keeps me motivated to keep working. Cause there are days whenever you just want to shut it all down and say, I'm done. I will go work at, you know, the McDonald's. I am, you know, I, I, I don't know actually what, what jobs do graphic designers get besides working for themselves. Somewhere where you get a good discount. Somewhere, yeah. yeah somewhere like a yeah. Disney. Yeah. I go work at Disney. <laughs> well, you already blew that. So yeah, I, I did already blow that. So I can't really do that. Um, I'm sure they could hire me in the writing department, but uh, yeah. I, I can't. No more, no more giving tours for you. Right. No more giving You're tours. to yourself and others. Right. So that's, that's kind of what keeps me motivated. What about you, Ross? What, what well, keeps way you to Jesus juke it, man. Jeez. I did. Um, no. I should have went last because now I've, now I've completely ruined the conversation. Uh, no, I mean, I think there's a lot to be said for that. Um, you know, one thing that I am glad that kind of struck me as I was changing majors halfway through college to go into video production, and now I'm in a creative <clears throat> ministry um, career, it, it, it was, you know, that I, I kind of discovered these passions, the, this thing that I was like, Ooh, that would be a lot of fun. Let me see if I can do that. And then enjoying it and wanting to do more with it. And, and then understanding that, cause I, you know, I, I kind of got very jaded with the, mm -hmm. the phrase, God, what is God's plan for your life? And I'm like, well, <laughs> God has a plan. He made it pretty clear. Yeah. Um, he wants the world to know him. Yeah. Uh, I suppose how I do that personally, um, will be different. And so, you know, he's called me to this plan. Yeah. Like he, he's like, I want people to have a relationship with me go go and help them do that I, I think that's what we need to know and then we find our own passions we find our talents and our abilities that we can do and then use that and so um that's been one of the the biggest things it's stuck since <laughs> that was 2003 when that happened um so you know it's stuck for the past 15 years as a motivating factor so you know it's been um something that i just continue to find and you know there's been some um evolutions of what that's looked like as i as i've helped uh, church plants. I've moved to Alaska, um, just done some different things and, and really developed, um, 
my abilities and kind of just even passions through that and being revealed different things and new things. Um, you know, that, that really keeps me motivated as, as far as like, what are some creative ways that we can introduce people to God and, and using what I love to do with that? Be answering that question for yourself and, you know, for others that are looking for what to do, that, that is the question you need to be asking yourself is what can I do myself that lines up with God's plan for this world yeah. and God's plan for this church? So yeah, those are, that was a great answer. Good job, bro. I mean, I just, yeah. No, Wait, way welcome. to go not Jesus duke that. Yeah, way to, way well, to not Jesus I just feel Jesus like there's, you know, there's a, sometimes so much pressure on you have to figure out this plan for your life and you might get stuck into something you don't enjoy, but I think there's a lot to be said for finding something you enjoy and whether that is, you know, a nine to five job or a ministry job or, or whatever, working for yourself, um, being an entrepreneur, like, you know, as, as long as, as you're kind of keeping God the center you're good. <laughs> like do it. <laughs> and I will say that to clarify that, I mean, it, it is about, you know, we, we do find our, uh, clarify my answer, not yours. Um, oh. clarify my answer. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't think that, you know, I have my purpose fully figured out at all. I, I wouldn't say that. Um, but I do feel like I have the next steps Okay. and that's been the motivation, but, uh, I have the general over, over, oh. over idea. And then, you know, inside baseball steps. with Nick Goodner inside baseball. I just didn't want everyone to think I was cocky. I was, you know, like, Oh, look at him perfect Christian over here. I'm not a perfect Christian. Don't get cocky, kid. Don't get cocky. Exactly. Um, but no, uh, stay tuned next year, next week for our new segment, uh, Jesus Jukes with Nick Gunner. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I thought Ross, that was going to be the sixth podcast. Right, yeah, the sixth podcast. <laughs> Jesus yeah, the Juking sixth with Nick podcast. <laughs> no, wait, the seventh podcast. We have another podcast already in the works. We have the seventh podcast is Jesus Jukes Oh, yeah, with that's Nick true. That's true, yeah. man. I, all the numbers. We got, yeah, we're, we're trying to, we're trying to fill a quota by the end of the year. So we're doing a whole uh, NBC <laughs> uh, primetime thing right now. Nick just wants to do more work on himself. So there you go. <laughs> uh, I have to get this message of creativity out to people. No, uh, <laughs> I won't rest till it's done. Anyway, uh, if you want to join in on this conversation, you can do so by heading over to our Facebook page and joining Creative Talks at CRTV Talks. Uh, on that note, we're going to go ahead and we're going to wrap things up today. There are a few great ways that you can share your appreciation for the Creative Church podcast. First, subscribe and add us on your favorite podcatcher. We also release all of our episodes on our website at creativechurch.com. You can also review this podcast and show us some rating star love on iTunes so we can get more exposure and more people can listen to the podcast and guess when we're looking at the camera like Jim. It's it's normal whenever it, Ross looks at it immediately as soon as I Jesus juke something. Mm -hmm. He just goes to the side there. I can feel I do it. The, I do the Jim face. Yes. Uh, lastly, consider sharing this episode on social media. You can find us on social media by searching for our handle, Creative Church. That's one word, CRTV Church. Special thanks to Jamie for joining us today. You can check out all that she's doing by heading over to our podcast episode page on our website at creativechurch.com. Also, thanks to Visual Media Church for sponsoring today's show. Do us a big favor and go check them out and snag that 20% discount when you use offer code Creative Church. Again, that's CRTV Church. When are people going to understand this is all one word? <laughs> it's, it's all, all one word. word. Take out the vowels of creative. You're, you're done. Real quick, though. It's You've all one day. word all caps all capitalized yes and it's not you know i hate it when people do the crtv space church or the C mm, cap capital yeah. crtv and then lowercase church i don't know where they're getting this from it's it's just all caps yeah. i don't know just send everybody your branding guide so yeah, exactly you would think as designers <laughs> they would respect the branding guide i don't know what i don't know what's going on with these people um but anyway i do want to i do want to push the other podcasts that we have real quick you know we got mm. we got yeah, several we just made some podcasts. big announcements of all of them yeah yeah and um i cry in corners which is a great show with Ooh, uh she brings it. I, I listened to that twice the night that it debuted, and it oh. is so, so good. And then we you're have gonna, a, You're going to have to... You don't don't listen to it on a drive. Listen to it where you can soak it in. Yes. Uh, it, I mean, listen to it twice, because I went through it twice, and it was even better the second time. Um, and then we have Emily's podcast, which uh, is called Becoming Me, and she interviews people to you know, find out their story and their journey. And uh, it's she interviewed Carrie Garcia this week, and uh, it was absolutely wonderful. 
And then, of course, in May, uh, we're going to have the Pop Culturist. It'll be back, yep. um, which is Ross's podcast. Starting with Ross. that Avengers Infinity War. Yes, they're staying on brand and starting with the Marvels and in, in, Infinity War, um, which is just going to be the biggest movie of all time. And then uh, we have, yeah, it is. It is. It looks like it though. Sorry, I'm gonna have save it seen... for. I'm gonna save it for that podcast. You're gonna save it for that. Shh. It looks like it though. It's Shh. amazing. You have to go listen um, to that for all the Marvel stuff. Right, and then uh, of course we have a uh, Creative Minutes coming out sometime in April, um, here towards the end, uh, where we'll be talking practical tips every day. Um, well, semi daily, not every day. Um, but yeah, and then we have another podcast in the work that's a secret that we can't tell you about. Shh. Um, be very very quiet but it's with another it's with another creative person that you all know and love so and it's not ross and myself uh but anyway so we 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 haven't officially announced but uh the name or anything but uh it's coming out soon anyway in the meantime (laughs) i'm nick goodner i'm ross montgomery and for emily cummins we will see you next episode Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Creative Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at creativechurch.com. That's crtvchurch.com. You can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Creative Church.